to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm zach and i'm czar boys we had a break how was your break <laughs> we're back we're back i conquered the world of yeah i noticed um you didn't make every wednesday free ice cream sandwich day like i asked oh um yeah, i had so one request got taco tuesdays though uh, yeah, Taco we, Tuesday ain't got shit on Ice Cream Wednesday. <laughs> okay, now don't discount Taco Tuesday. Thank you, thank you. Finally, someone who appreciates something. God. Oh, I'm not done with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, it's good to be back. I missed you guys. Uh, I love you too, fella. Anyway. <laughs> no, seriously, what were you guys doing for break? What'd you do? I just told you. Conquered the world. Of Warcraft, I got my legendary, um, and I'm having a blast. And it kind of relates to one of our articles, so I'm excited to get into it. What about you guys? What'd you guys do? Czar had a nice, relaxing break, ate a lot of food. The end, <laughs> <laughs> dude. What more could you ask for? Oh, yeah, I mean, food coma, not much better in life. Just a bunch of grad school bullshit for me, just uh, like tons of papers, not enough time, more papers, and Sadness at the end of the day, unfulfilling sadness, you know? Yay! <laughs> unfulfilling sadness. So, yeah, let's Put talk some about some goodness out of that sadness, JP. I mean, come on, you're a little more free time, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, well, kind of. Do you guys pick up anything, any good games or hardware for uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday? I did get my pre order in for Cyberpunk 2077. Hey, there you go. Wasn't on sale. <laughs> <laughs> but I got it. Well, you, sir. Sound like you got a pretty good haul. I did. For the grand total of $25, I got Doom Eternal. The Where'd Outer you World. find Doom Eternal for that? Uh, Xbox. Fuck! Yeah, Doom Eternal, uh, Outer Worlds, and I also picked up Anthem. I have heard mixed reviews about Anthem, but I am excited to see what you have to say later about that. Yeah, Anthem I, for $5, though? That's a steal. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll take it for $5. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Oh, yeah. I got into the demo of the game when I was living with my most previous roommate. I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, it you just kind of hit a wall about 12 hours into the game where you're just like, now what? <laughs> yeah, I think that was the main complaint was it was fun, but lack of content. Oh, yeah. For a game that at the time was 60 bucks, it's like, that's a little unacceptable. Yeah, but for five bucks? Hell yeah. All right, Zach, what are we doing on the episode today? Well, today we're going over news articles and releases, and we got some kind of interesting ones. I tried to vary it up for once. It's not all Nintendo. Just a little Nintendo. There's other companies besides Nintendo? Let me tell you. First, we're going to talk about <laughs> Destiny's split with Activision and some wholesomeness. 
Then we talk about Casey Hudson leaving BioWare. Then we got some Nintendo rumors. Ah, yeah, okay, I like a little. Yeah, I was and then okay. finally we end with Marvel's Avengers, and then of course you know game releases. I yeah. said I get to start, so everybody shut up and listen to me. Would you please shut your yappa? Okay, sir. Our first article is Destiny <laughs> is about Destiny Two. It is by Metrocoda UK by Patrick Dane. And it's basically an interview with Bungie CEO Pete Parsons. Did you guys get time to read this? Dove into it a little bit. Um, honestly, though, like I just didn't have much of uh, much of an emotional response to reading this because I don't give a shit about Destiny at all. Like, tell me why I should be like what I should feel. Czar, don't love me in with Destiny. I hate <laughs> Destiny. <laughs> I thought you played Destiny. Oh God, no. <laughs> why did I think you liked Destiny? Because, like, everybody I've ever lived with absolutely was obsessed with Destiny, and it just put a bad taste in my mouth. Like, anytime I wanted to play a game or even, like, go out and see a movie or party with any of my roommates, like, no, I've got to raid for the next, like, three hours and do the exact same level over and over and over to try to get one piece of equipment. Well, that sounds very That's fulfilling. That's the dream. <laughs> I can't do it. It's just so grindy. You get to shit on like, I don't know. I Okay. Anyway, perfect. You guys are leading me into my first point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, MMOs are not really everyone's forte, but they're my forte. And I like them a lot. It definitely depends on the crowd you play with, but that's besides the point. So this interview is actually just kind of like a good read in general because of the current atmosphere of gaming. I just feel like it's been like a lot of negative talk just with companies trying to rush out products because COVID set people back so much. Right. And basically what's neat about this is Bungie has split from Activision. And um, I don't know if you guys have heard, but I hate Activision because of what they've done to my, uh, to what they've done to Blizzard. Look how they um, massacred my boy. <laughs> my boy. All right. Well, now I like Destiny a little bit better. <laughs> right. And so even, yeah. So even though I'm not a big Destiny fan, because I'm not like the sci-fi shooter guy fan, like it's still, it's kind of wholesome to see them kind of spread their own wings. Sure. Um, and so just some quick highlights. The first thing I want, the first quote I want to talk about that was important um, is Bungie has taken a bold new step for Destiny 2. It's um, uh, intended to be a start of a new trilogy of expansions that sees Bungie with a clear vision of where it's held, where it's headed along with the um, company as well. Okay. Um, it just kind of sounds like they've got some swagger, I guess. You know, when you separate from a big company, I guess you really do have to have your ducks in a row because you're cutting off, like Activision's huge. You're yeah. cutting off a huge part of potential income. And so I think it's good. They're like, I mean, I guess for um, politically correct reasons, they kind of do have to say like, yeah, we kind of know what we're doing and we're feeling good. And they didn't really bash Activision too much. Like I thought they would, but they kind of just talked about how like, Hey, like we just want creative freedom to kind of do our own thing. So it sounds yeah. like they do have a very clear vision for what they want to do. And it sounds like they're trying to make this game their baby, which I think is pretty admirable considering destiny. Destiny two is like, Three years old, guys? Something Two to like three that. years old? It's older. I thought it was a little older than that, even. It's But uh, I mean the destiny, the destiny craze has been going for close to like 10 years now. And that's exactly the point. Is that like first of all, I'm not terribly surprised that when Bungie broke off, they decided not to, you know, badmouth Activision too much because we do it all the time because there's no likely to be no repercussions to us, but they don't want to risk a lawsuit either, like for slander or libel. Yeah, uh, those are both very valid reasons as well. 
Bungie's kind of jumping into the cold water to see what happens here. And if it doesn't work out, it might be, hey, Activision, buddy, remember me. But if there is one franchise that can make Bungie like able to do this split with Activision, it's got to be Destiny. The relationship I have with Destiny is I'm with Zach. I'm not big into the sci-fi shooters, but also like Destiny has become like synonymous with just kind of like grindy content for a lot of not a lot of payoff, especially in their DLC. Amen. <laughs> yeah, especially in their DLC. And I'm just not into that very much. That being said, like I recognize how popular it is amongst people like Destiny 2 is still going so strong and I just personally don't understand it. But at the same time, I don't really have to understand it. As long as people are having fun and people like the game, then by all means, Bungie can do whatever the hell they want. Well, it's it's about time that they decided to do this split with Activision. And I don't think this could have come at a better point in time. I mean, their their online sales are doing really well right now. The company is financially sturdy uh, with the massive backbone that is Destiny. But with this split from Activision, they're cutting off their golden foot. And so now we need to see if they're still able to walk. And I mean, I, I think if there's any company to do it, it's going to be Bungie. They have the name recognition and they've been solid for a long, long time. And I really think that they will be able to survive without Activision. I really do like what Zach had to say there. It seems like Bungie is leaving for the right reasons, but at the same time, they left on a good note. You know, they weren't trying to burn bris they weren't trying to burn bridges. They left with grace. So that's awesome. I'm excited to see what these guys do. I'll certainly be rooting for them. And on an unrelated note, totally unrelated, I guarantee we see Destiny 3 in the near future. And I'm glad you said that. So wrong. You're wrong, JP. Am I wrong? Ah. All right. So like I said, they're focusing on that trilogy of expansion. So Destiny 2, even though it started off pretty rocky, like it's doing... It sounds like it's doing better. Like the community as a whole is a little bit happier. Yeah. Um, as happy as the MMO community can be. Um, <laughs> yeah, no joke. And you, so, people, you people are never happy. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, along with that trilogy of expansions, they kind of, I don't know, they name dropped them, but they they um, just reconfirmed that next year they're going to be getting the Witch Queen. Witch Queen. I almost said Lich King from World of Warcraft. I was going to say, isn't that a World of... Zach, you... World of Warcraft is not everything, buddy. Well, uh, what? I'm shaking. He's like, he looks at me and Czar, and we're just like characters from World of Warcraft. <laughs> Zach, are you okay? <laughs> just because Dibs on Dwarf. Activision owns them doesn't mean they have anything to do with this article. <laughs> All right, Thrall, be quiet. It's my turn to talk. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> next year, we'll be getting the uh, Witch Queen, and then a year later, they'll get Lightfall. So like I said, they have this clear-cut design, and I kind of liked how they gave us a thematic reason for all this. It's believed that the latter will act as a somewhat conclusion between the War of Light and Dark. Yeah. Um, so I like that we kind of know exactly what they're doing, all the, what their resources are going into. I think that's kind of neat. Just to, I, I just, I really value communication, like especially with a game that's evolving like an MMO. Like, mm -hmm. I just like if you don't communicate, that's when like you start to have a really spiteful fan base, if you will. Um, so I think it's really cool um, for our two Destiny fans that listen to us. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I, I hope you're excited because uh, it sounds cool, but I don't know much about it. Well, right on. 
And so the reason I picked this article and really wanted to discuss it was more on the positivity aspect. Um, we've talked a lot about video game crunch and um, they kind of talked it a little bit, but I just wanted to highlight one quote. It's strange because most developers I know don't work, go home and play the game they've been working on. That seems to be something that's very unique to Destiny. And while I definitely agree, that's definitely cherry picking, um, but I do think it's super wholesome. Like I'm glad that the people that are working on this game, I'm sure it's not for everyone, but like a good majority of them go home and they play Destiny with friends. And I think that is really neat. Um, you talked about how like they really incentivize just helping others. Like right. even though you said it's a grind, the fact that there's a reason for you to go back and redo the same quest, you can go and help out people who are kind of like new to the game and like don't know what's going on. And you can make some really good long lasting friendships doing that. Um, so it creates a very positive atmosphere around the game. I will give that to destiny uh, because like I said, with my previous roommates, they still talk with their firefight teams and they play other online games. Hell, that roommate even goes to Comic-Con with a lot of the people he plays Destiny with. And so, yeah, the the fan base in the community is a really close, tight-knit family. And it, it looks like it's fun to be a part of. It really does. And yeah, I've already given my sentiments about how I feel about Destiny 2 in general, but who am I to say that that's not you know worth talking about that's a great point zach great point and so now i get to talk about world of warcraft um so um i was relating (laughs) with that so much because like i've been really vibing with world of warcraft and i was like why like i don't want to play any of my nintendo switch games right now like i've just been so like i need to play a game like world of warcraft because of the social aspects like I know some people would say I'm overkilling this COVID subject, this COVID thing, because like you're eventually going to get it. And it's like, yeah, but I could lose my job. So I'm really trying to just stay at home and take care of myself. Um, yeah, totally. And and people have their own differing views on that. And that's totally fine. Um, but for me, it's like I'm still like a human being and I need to socialize. So like World of Warcraft has been such a positive outlet for me mm-hmm. right now because I've been able to just like talk with people and like do like just an activity where we can just dig around and it's almost like hanging out in real life. Oh my God, actual human connection. Right, it's <laughs> obviously not the same thing, but like it's a good second choice. And so like I was, this really related to me as like a gamer because I was like trying to put into words. I'm like, why am I so addicted to WoW right now? And it's like, well, it's kind of feeling a social void in my life right now. So I don't know, I really related with this article and that's kind of a big reason why I chose this. I mean, it's... It's absolutely true. Video games have been like one of the only things for us, like keeping us together. So thanks for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> also in this article, there was a little bit about um, cross play and how that's a long term goal, which basically means they want to do it, but it's not going to be anytime soon. Hey. And um, yeah, that's kind of all I have for my article. Zar, do you want to talk about our next one? All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of leaving gracefully, our next article is about two monumentous people to the company known as BioWare leaving said company. Um, First, we're going to talk a little bit about Casey Hudson, because that's mainly what this article is centered around. And we took this directly from BioWare's homepage. Um, Before you get into this a little bit, um, just because I didn't know before reading this, like what are some of BioWare's projects? Oh, well, these are the guys that do Mass Effect, Dragon Age. Um, Those are their two main IPs, two huge IPs for both console and PC markets. Yeah. Because we we talked just recently about in seven day with the uh, 
new Mass Effect Legends collection and uh, how there were some new projects coming in the future. And this article's not good news for those future projects. You are absolutely right. So I'm just going to start out with uh, the very first quote from this article. And it's from Casey Hudson directly. This is his uh, letter to the community of resignation, I guess. Hmm. But uh, Casey says, I'm incredibly fortunate to have had a career where I've been able to work with brilliantly talented people, create entire worlds from our imaginations and see them being enjoyed by millions of people around the world. And now after nearly 20 years of work at BioWare, I've made the decision to retire from the studio and make way for the next generation of studio leaders. Um, He continues by saying, it's not an easy decision to make and big changes like this always come with a certain degree of sadness. And boy, Casey, you are not kidding because uh, he was the project director for not only Mass Effect, but Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, yeah. So being the project director and leaving the company... We didn't think that we were going to get any new Mass Effect news for a couple years, but this may set the project back even more and may even never bring it to the light of day. That's just kind of what I'm speculating here. Yeah, because I was going to say that's an extreme outcome for like we would never see these projects ever hit. I mean, not to say it's impossible. Projects have been scrapped before. before. Yeah, exactly. Like projects have been scrapped over, you know, less trivial things and yeah the article goes on uh, uh, with Casey just talking about how great it's been working for the company and how excited he is about seeing what comes in the future and it's just it's a really it's a really good departure message but I'm sort of reading into this maybe a little bit too much but this kind of seems a little nefarious to me with the news that another huge studio head Mark uh, Daria, uh-huh. he also left the company the same day. And he was the executive producer for Dragon Age. Um, so with the new Dragon Age 4 game coming up and this early retirement, I, I don't know what's going to happen to the games. I think there's probably enough talent in the studios and in the industry in general to save the games. To be honest, like losing creative directors, it's... It's a big blow. It really is. But these people aren't irreplaceable. I think that the games themselves are going to be okay. But I do think that you're onto something with talking about why these two people left the studio they work for at the same time when they're so high up in the chain. Like, do you have any, like, far-fetched ideas of why that could be? Well, based off of the goodbye letter, I I really think that Casey's going to go work for or like create his own studio Mm. Um, because, yeah, he goes on by saying uh, that he wants to work on individual and personal projects. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't know if there's another company out there that could like offer this guy enough money to leave the studio. I, I really do think that this is something where you know, a final straw was broken and Casey just wanted to go work on Casey's own projects. 
It could be. And the thing that leads me to believe that you might be onto something is actually a quote later on from the same note saying, arriving at this point has been an opportunity for me to reflect on my own future. And 2020 has been a year that has forced all of us to reimagine how we think about work and life. For me, it's been the realization that I still have tremendous energy to create, but also that I need to try something different. So it's clear that he has no intentions of leaving the industry or truly retiring, just that he wanted to go in a different direction from what Bioware was doing. So exactly what you just said, Zara, like taking that into account, it might be a total coincidence that this other guy, uh, what was his name? It was uh, Mark Dariah. Mark Dariah. Dariah. Yeah, there we go. Mark Dariah or something like that. It might be a coincidence that he just happened to leave at the same time, but more than likely when things like this happen, I'd say that there's probably going to be a new studio in the works. I I think you're right. And I just, I want to know what's going on in Bioware's department. Um, Because like that's a 20 year position all of a sudden, like out of nowhere just leaves. Mm-hmm. I, I just I think there was a little bit of stifling of creative freedom going on. What do you think, Zach? Do you think we're on the par for our thoughts here? Yeah, I'm totally in the like, you know, tinfoil hat theories or something going on. Tinfoil hat theories. <laughs> I mean, that's all this year. That's all 2020 span is just like what what crazy explanation is there for this? <laughs> Yeah, but that's also been the wild things about like rumors and our speculation is a lot of it has turned out to be true or at least somewhat accurate. So that's fair. And it's because you can see the pieces align and you can kind of start to imagine what's going on here. And it all usually matches up. Yeah, kind of the pieces fall into place over time. Um, I don't know. I think we're kind of on to something here. Obviously, all of this is speculation, so listeners don't take any of this to heart. But um, at least it, it was leaving on a good note. Um, just like we talked about in the last article, Casey had nothing but good things to say about the company and praised them and wished them luck in their future endeavors. And so far, I haven't seen Bioware attack Casey or Mark. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, everything is the dust is settled and ending on a good note, but it's just, there's a lot of weird middle bits. Yeah. I guess there's really nothing much we can do except kind of wait and see what happens then. huh? I suppose so. Case or or whatever happens, happens. All right. Is it time for the next guy? Yeah. Let's talk about some Nintendo rumors. And I'm very surprised because Zach actually gave me this article to talk about. I figured that Zach was going to be ecstatic about this, right? Yeah, I was talking. I want to see what you think. That That's fair. <clears throat> Although I've given my opinion about this subject many times before, but we'll get there. All right. So this article is coming to us from TwistedVoxel.com from Ali Hader. So Ali, you're the man. All right. Nintendo Switch to get a new virtual console, adding Nintendo Gameplay Advance report. He doesn't say this in the title, but this, this is speculations, reports, rumors, although credible Nothing is 100% set in stone. I don't want to break anybody's heart for Christmas. Oh, 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 oh. All right, so here's what we got. Nintendo might add a new virtual console for the Nintendo Switch, according to a new rumor. This is supposedly getting an announcement soon. 
The first indication of such an update appears to be related to the NES Online and Nintendo SNES Online Virtual Console updates. Both of these have been patched to a new version, even though there are no new games released for them. Nintendo usually updates the Virtual Console app on the Switch if they are adding new features or new games to the library. The other report regarding Nintendo adding a new Virtual Console comes from a user on the Reset ERA forums. This user has shared an image of the Nintendo Game Boy Advance along with the message that suggests that an announcement might be due on Tuesday. That means that it's quite possible that even before this episode drops, we might hear more news about this. All right, so initial thoughts. I want to hear from you guys first. Zar, what are you thinking? Well, we were wrong. We were? (laughs) Yeah, we speculated that the next virtual console on the Switch would be the N64. Oh, you're right rumors and speculation for the 3D Mario All-Star collection and the possible Zelda collection next year. Yeah, not to say that that's not still credible and that we're out of the woods on that one, just that it's not happening yet. Yeah, it's it's still, it's not off the table for sure. Um, Game Boy is completely out of left field. I really thought they would do something else other than the Game Boy. Not saying that the Game Boy is bad. I had... A lot of of good childhood hours spent on my Game Boy. But what with the innovation and, you know, the new technology that the Switch has, I just don't know why they would go to, uh, like, pocket form games. Because they could easily put pretty much any Game Boy Advance game just on the shop in general. That's true. And my speculation as to why that might be is because if if you think of what the Nintendo Switch is, what Nintendo is trying to do is find a way to combine their handheld market with their home console market and kind of merge it into one device that can do everything. Now, is that what they're planning on doing like with every future console they release? I don't know the answer to that. But for now, that's what their future seems to hold. And so it actually makes perfect sense to me that the Switch would get a Game Boy emulation system. And also, I disagree in that I think there's plenty of value to be had in adding the Game Boy Advance uh, virtual console to the Nintendo Switch, you know, because think about it. That's going to include seven Pokemon games. That's going to include all different kinds of like Mega Man titles, Zelda titles, all kinds of cool stuff. I'm really excited about it. Zach, what do you think? You know, So that was where I was going to go with that. Like, this has the potential to be really, really good based off what they've done for NES and SNES. I'm just a little hesitant. Is there a chance they would release Pokemon Fire Red, Leaf Green, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald? Maybe. But Pokemon can resell those titles, so I guarantee you, like, that's going to have some additional fee or something weird going on there, if they even did it. That's fair. Pokemon is really weird about that stuff because they can milk that. And they would always think, how can we milk that? And I can't blame them because it works, even though I hate them for it. (laughs) (laughs) Mega Man. Oh, my God, JP. I want to play Mega Man Battle Network so bad. I I said that with you in mind because I know how big of a Mega Man fan you used to be. But that's also owned by Capcom. Like, will Capcom share the rights with that? If they do, will that be an additional charge? I I don't know. Like, so, like, usually they just do, like, in-house Nintendo games. So, like, I guess saying that, like, we got Donkey Kong Country, which was co-developed by Rare. But obviously, Rare doesn't own Donkey Kong, so I'm confused. I don't know the legal mumbo-jumbo between all that. The only thing I can for sure see 
is like the Super Mario games, which are already on because of the SNES. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, most of the games that were on the Game Boy were ported over from the SNES and the NES. That's a good point. But there are two really good games that I do hope, if this is true, come. And that is one of JP's favorites, which I'll let him guess if he knows which one it is, and Metroid Fusion. I'm going to say, for me, you're thinking of uh, Zelda Minish Cap? Absolutely. I am Hell thinking of yeah. Minish Cap. I've always wanted to play that one. I um, It was good. never got around to it. Um, and then Metroid Fusion is just one of the best in general. And um, I just think any Metroid game is like, except for like other M, they've just all been fire. Like you have to wait forever for a Metroid game, but they're all so much fun. Quick, but fun. And but what yeah, I that's love- like two titles, JP. Like, you know what I mean? Like if Pokemon plays nice, like, I don't know. Game Boy Advance didn't have that big of a lineup. I think it had a pretty decent lineup, just not a lot of big hitters in that lineup. I think they might have more success with uh, adding a new virtual console like this. But if they did the Nintendo DS. See, that's exactly what I was thinking um, at first, except that would, con- you know, be contrary to my point that what they're trying to do with the Switch is merge the consoles. Like, I don't think we're ever going to see another iteration of the 3DS ever again, because with you when you have the Switch, why would you need to do that? Imagine a Nintendo Switch, whatever comes out for the next Nintendo Switch. Imagine that it might also have like a little port where you can put in a 3DS or 2DS game. Although I just realized that probably wouldn't work because the whole gimmick with the 3DS is the dual screens and a lot of games would be messed up if you tried to do that. Well, I don't you know. Could, you could easily do that by undocking your Switch and it's somehow casting to uh, the docking service. So, you know, you see the top screen on your TV. That would be so unbelievably cool. Yeah, and then you hold your Switch in your hand and that's the bottom screen. And that'd work, uh, that would help out with like Wii U ports too. And I was going to say, and this is all starting to sound like the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. We've gone full circle. I don't, <laughs> I don't think consoles can play that nice without like, like that's a Nintendo Switch Pro feature maybe, but I don't know. You can't just screen share your your thing. Yeah, they don't even have Bluetooth capability. <laughs> right. If everything, if everything we're doing right now is speculation anyway, why can't I dream? All right, fair enough, fair enough. Sorry being a hater. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, no, it's not that you're wrong. It's not that you're no, wrong. No, it's not fine. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the best thing about these virtual consoles and one of the reasons why I was the most upset about not, you know, when Nintendo, the Switch first announced that we weren't going to have one. It's just so nice to see the history of like where Nintendo's been and where Nintendo's going in the form of the games that they've released. And that's what the virtual console always was to me. It's just like a celebration of the old stuff that you love and then you can switch over to the new stuff that you love. Yeah. If they were going to do the GBA support for the virtual console, I'd be 100% for it. I think there's a lot of value to be had. And even though Zach's right, there's a lot of challenges in getting the games that they would want to be able to put on the system. I don't think it's far-fetched to think that they could get a lot of those titles. And that's fair. And, you know, regardless of what virtual console is next for the Nintendo Switch, it's, it's nice to know that they're free as long as you pay for a Nintendo membership. But yeah, you'll, but $20 you're gonna, a year, it's... Pfft. Whatever. Yeah, no, that's nothing compared to other online services. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're still getting a plethora of amazing, fun, historic games. And I think that's what we should all be excited about. I absolutely agree. So, 
yeah, like I said, if this rumor holds true, we might actually see some stuff about this before this episode we're recording now even drops. So let's keep our eyes out. Let's see if something cool happens. Do something. All right. So we've got one more article to talk about today. Um, who wants to go first on this guy? I got it. All right. So this next one comes to us. It's mainly just a tweet. And we just kind of wanted to talk about it because I'm flabbergasted by this, guys. So you have Marvel's Avengers, the game that came out this year. It was this right? year. It wasn't even that like long ago. It was like, I don't remember, three or four within the last three or four months. It's very recent, a very new game. And it was a PS4 ex- exclusive, right? Started out that way. Well, no, it did not start off. It did not start off as an exclusive, but PlayStation pulled some shady stuff and Sony in general by putting Spider-Man only in the PS4 edition of the game, but removing it from other versions of the game. Yeah, I think isn't this game more like uh, that DC online service game like DC Heroes or something? That's definite. That's definitely closer. Yeah, it's it's isn't it kind of like a MMO Marvel game where you just play as superheroes and go around town beating up bad guys and squads? Yeah, essentially. Uh, it, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say Diablo-esque, but like you, like you just get loot for your, your hero is how I'm interpreting it. And so it's Avengers, it's on the Xbox, it's on the PS4. Like this thing, in my opinion, should be milking money. Um, and so here's this tweet that kind of tells you that this is not the case. The president of the company, Yosuke Matsuda, has commented on the plan to recover the pull of the Avengers. Oh, he already said the word recover to compensate for the initial slow sales by offering extensive additional content in the second half of the fiscal year. Guys, holy crap. This sounded like an idea that printed money. You know what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely. Just like, oh, you have a game idea, slap Pokemon on it. It's going to make money. Oh, you have a game idea, slap Marvel on it. It's going to make money. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case right now. Like this thing is it's losing money. Part, I think part of the problem was they really wanted to ride on the coattails of, well, not just the Marvel hype, but also the hype that the latest Marvel game for the PlayStation, which was Spider-Man, had on the general public. That's what, when people try and convince you to go with a PlayStation over an Xbox, if you can only choose one, Spider-Man nine times out of 10 is one of the titles that they'll come out to you with. And I think they really wanted to ride on those coattails by releasing this game and just Kind of with the mindset that you were thinking of there, Zach. Like, oh, well, as long as it's got Marvel on it, it'll make it's it'll print money. But this was not the case. And um, I don't know if you want to go into why. I've got a little insight on that. I was just going to read some angry Reddit comments because I laughed a lot. Um, but yeah, OK. Go I don't ahead, see JB. why we can't do it. both. <laughs> angry right. Reddit comments next. So reception of the game was probably the biggest downfall. Uh, You know, it's not uncommon for people to want to get into a game, but when it's initially got that $60 price tag, and especially in the climate where, you know, games are $60 for only a couple months before they start seeing a reduce in price, it's not uncommon for people to just want to wait and kind of see uh, what the reception of the game is and if it's really worth buying. And from most of the YouTubers and most of the reviewers, the answer to that question was a big fat no. So I don't know every little thing that people had strifes with when it came to this game, but the general consensus was one, it wasn't finished and it was buggy. It looks like a product that Bethesda would have made. Lols. Maybe even a little worse than a product Bethesda would have made. <laughs> Lols. Yeah, precisely. So buggy, a little unfinished, um, riddled with microtransactions. 
Um, the gameplay wasn't that fun. The tasks were repetitive and the story wasn't all that great. So, you know, Zach, Zach was right in the fact that they kind of thought like, oh, this is Marvel. It's going to be great no matter what, because it's Marvel eh, wrong because gamers value more than just the flash of Marvel. And that is incredibly apparent from this fucking article right here and from this tweet. So that's a little bit of the insight, but obviously I love angry Reddit comments. So Zach, take us away. Yeah, so I just read the first comment. It's got the most, or maybe it should have a lot of vote votes. It says that um, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I really don't think lack of content is the issue. I didn't come close to finishing everything before I stopped playing. The problem is that the game is bad, which makes playing whatever exists a slog. Yeah, like if you just do more stuff, if it still sucks to play, it's still going to suck to play. Like you have to have a major overhaul for this game. And it sounds like they're not going to do that. And now we've kind of going into that sunk cost fallacy. Like, why are you going to throw money at it? Like, just admit that you failed. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's like either give it the no man's sky approach where you literally build the game from like the ground up or just label it a failure and move on, unfortunately. Yeah, but this is Marvel and Marvel's owned by Disney and Disney doesn't admit failure. So they're just going to keep putting band-aids on this thing and hoping it improves. That's totally fair. But you're right. They should build it from the ground up or just completely scrap it. It's one of those two options. Uh, these quick fixes <laughs> just going to make it uglier. It honestly is. I mean, like, in my opinion, when you have a product like this that, in my opinion, failed, the best thing to do if you don't have the true intentions of making the product good, but just kind of want to save yourself on the money front is to just kind of forget about it, to be honest, like make a sequel and make that one really fucking good. Um, but I mean, if you've made a product that just can't be saved, you just need to kind of stop. And it's hard to say because I know there's a lot of fans who bought this game and then wanted it to be good and then got screwed over. And they're like, well, I just paid $60 for something I was really excited for. And it sucked. I think there should be retributions to those people. So like keep releasing free DLC and patches or something. But as far as trying to save like your monetary loss in this, uh, I think you're screwed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Might, might as well just cut your losses. Full disclosure. I'm, I'm actually kind of tickled about this article because I'm a huge DC fanboy, And so oh, any, shut <laughs> up. anytime Marvel stumbles, it just, it just tickles me. DC has good villains, but Marvel has the better heroes. Yeah, well, let's talk animated series. Okay, you got me there. <laughs> you got me there. Every Batman animated series has always been amazing. You got me there. I'll I admit that. <laughs> hey, don't anyway, sleep on Super League or Super League, Superman or Justice League. Okay. I know we're not I know we're not a movies podcast, but come <laughs> on, Batman versus Superman. Why did you say Martha? I'm like, bro, no, we're talking about bad. the animated series, my guy. The I know, series. I know. <sighs> yeah, there is we, we just don't acknowledge the cinematic DC universe. <laughs> See, DC fans know what's up. They they at least you guys can come to a consensus decision of uh, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but Marvel fans like me are still argue that Doctor Strange was really good. And I think Doctor Strange was really good. You know what? I digress. We're not getting into this. <laughs> we should start a comic book podcast. We could. We don't have the time for that. We don't have we the time don't. for that. We don't have the time for that. Speaking of time crunches, let's talk about some more games. 
All right, what's up? Who wants to do the game releases? Oh, no, hold oh, on. Oh, Zach's- we kind of we skipped over this because it was in the itinerary and I read the itinerary, so I don't know why I said we. I skipped over this. Um, so this is random stuff that's happening, and um, I don't really sp- feel like spending a bunch of time on it, so I'm just going to say what happened and let you guys kind of respond and move on. Zach's hot takes. Yeah, it's like a mini version of Half-Baked Takes. We'll call it Zach's takes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, Kratos is in Fortnite. Oh, oh I why? saw that. Yeah, I did too. Oh, and- I've been seeing memes of like, this was my boy, Kratos ripping the head off of somebody. <laughs> Look what they and, like, did to my Look what boy. they did. That's a good title for this episode, by the way. Look what they did to my boy. Look <laughs> <laughs> what they did to my boy. <laughs> and yeah, and then it's just Kratos like doing the Pokemon peace sign in front of a selfie. Oh my god, that's so like, oh, it was so cringy. I saw a comment on the YouTube video because I couldn't resist. I had to go see this. And it was like, why does Fortnite try to be everything except Fortnite? <laughs> it's like, so true. Oh my god. Well, they copied the idea of you know, battle uh the Battle Royale. So, I mean, like, they, they always started off. They're, they're the professional copiers. That's fair. They've never been their own game. But that's a shout out to them because they managed to stay relevant even though they're doing that. So, shit. I like to print money. Okay, so, yeah, that was it. Massacre Boy Kratos. And then finally, um, guys, CD Projekt Red says that Cyberpunk 2077 won't be bug-free. Um, That is incredibly unsurprising, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what game is bug free, but oof, that that's that's kind of a shot to the foot how they're just like, yeah, our game might be a little bit buggy. So heads up after all of the delays. Yeah, like it was a little scary, but given the circumstances, I'm just glad this game's coming out. That's it. It's kind of kind of where I'm at here. (laughs) That's fair. I think that's all we can be happy about. Uh, Yeah, maybe I I shouldn't have pre-ordered Cyberpunk 2070s. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it'll be a great game, but I'm just, there's going to be some silly bugs. I know it will be. And I mean, hell, Miles Morales had some funny bugs, especially my favorite was the bug where like, if you're swinging around and you accidentally tap into an object, sometimes you'll turn into that object and then you can like <laughs> swing as like a fucking park bench or something. <laughs> That's awesome. That was, that was great. That, that sounds was like great. a cheat code. <laughs> uh, Zach, anything else? And so those were my quick takes. Boom. Straight to the point. Zach's hot takes. Now we can do game releases. Zach's hot takes is good. We should start adding that. <laughs> like things that are worth talking about, but like aren't worth like. But we don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Look what they did to my boy. Look, Look what, what they, they did, did to, to my, my boy. boy. All right. Um, can I do game releases? I haven't done it in a while. They are all you yours. can do it. We got to bring the hype for the game. And you don't talk about. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see it when I read it. Let's go down the list. All right. On December 9th, we've got Wood Salt coming to PC and Nintendo Switch. On December 10th, we've got Animal Farm coming to the PC. Was that the one, Zach? George Orwell's famous book, Animal Farm? Oh, oh God. Did they make that a game? <laughs> I wouldn't if I were you. <laughs> All right. Also on December 10th, we've got uh, Brigadine. Brigandine? The Legend of Renertia? What is this? I think they just made up words. Okay. On uh, Also on December... Or we've, we're doing this in a new way. Okay. And then, of course, on September... God damn it. <laughs> 
And then, of course, on December 10th, we've got Cyberpunk 2077. It's happening, boys. <laughs> Coming to PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and of course, the Google Stadia. For some odd reason. Yep. Yeah, I don't even dude. There's no way Stadia is going to be able to run this. That's going to be a disaster. But if they say it's buggy on console and PC, imagine how bad it's going to be on Stadia. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Haven is coming to PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and Xbox One. Uh, Sword of the Necromancer is coming to PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. Medal of Honor Above and Beyond coming to PlayStation VR. Space Invaders Forever coming to PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. On December 15th, we've got Collection of Sega Final Fantasy Legend coming to Nintendo Switch. GTA Online, the KO Perico Heist coming to PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. And finally, just make a new game. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) And then finally, on December 16th, we've got MXGP 2020 coming to PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. And we've got the Hype Up game. Can anybody, before looking at it, really it's Czar because Zach made the list. What's the game, Czar? Animal Farm. It's Animal Farm, baby! (laughs) Uh, Nope, it is Cyberpunk 2077. Finally, (laughs) after three delays, multiple tweets, a lot of our time spent talking about it on the podcast, Cyberpunk 2077 is finally going to be released. Guys, there's not a lot that we can say about this that hasn't already been said. How are you feeling that this thing we've been talking about for half a year is finally coming out and like, well, by the time this episode drops, like the next day? Yeah, that's that's true. I'm just really worried that this game has been so overhyped that once we actually play it, our expectations were so high that they could have never been matched. Yeah, that's the problem when you delay a game this many times. You expect perfection and nothing's ever perfect. I'm. We've seen multiple like tweets. We've said we've seen Reddit comments, everything about like just how angry people are about this whole situation, right? Like people like I took days off work and you moved the date and unbelievably selfish for like the mental health of these creators trying to get this game up and running. The fact is, are I think you're absolutely right. I think the game has been so overhyped. In fact, literally the most hyped up game I've ever seen before an actual release before ever. I think it's going to let people down no matter what. I I think you're right. And that that sucks. It's really scary because this game is going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be like a page mark in the history of video games where people will constantly reference or it is going to be the biggest flop in the game industry. I don't think there's going to be any middle ground. (laughs) I want it to be good. I really do. They've got a they've got a great concept. I want to see that the execution lives up to what they thought it could be. I'm not anticipating the game to be perfect at first, you know, like there's going to be several patches that inevitably come out after it's released, trying to fix bugs here and there. But I feel like the product is going to be good. I'm hoping that the product is going to be good. And if it is, this is going to be a genre defining game, generation defining game. This game is going to be a big deal. It already is a big deal and it hasn't even launched yet. So it better be going down in the history books for good reasons rather than for bad ones. And that's all I think we can really say about this. I said, I've already got my pre-order in. 
I am going to open this thing up on December 10th as soon as I possibly can. And I'm going to just give it a go and see what I think. And I can't wait to tell you guys all about what I think. Absolutely. Good or bad. You're you're 100 percent right. Like this is the biggest news in gaming. And I cannot wait to see those first reviews, play the game for myself and above all, just talk about it on this podcast. Yeah, in fact, this might be another situation where we have to dedicate a whole episode to talking about a game. Oh, God, not another hour and 45 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> another JP part- dissertation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you two aren't even there anymore at the end. Like, you've gone to pet your dogs and drink coffee, and I'm just ranting. <laughs> Somebody stop him. <laughs> Guys, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Any last words? Mm-mm. All right. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Thank you all so much for joining us on another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We will see you in the next episode. You just got your game tea. Bye. Oh, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.